Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Brian Custer. I want to talk to you about our partner, Athletic Greens. You know, I started taking Athletic Greens because, quite simply, I wanted more energy, more focus, doing this podcast, doing Sports Center, hosting Showtime Championship Boxing, and, of course, for my workouts. And I got to tell you, I simply love it. You know, Athletic Greens doesn't taste like one of those super healthy drinks. It has a mild tropical taste, I'm sure, that you're going to enjoy each morning. So what is it? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, what you're getting is you're absorbing 75 high-quality minerals, vitamins, whole-sourced superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to really help start your day uh, right. It contains less than one gram of sugar. There are no GMOs, uh, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while it still tastes good. And it supports better sleep quality, it's going to give you better recovery, and it's also going to support your mental clarity, while also alertness. You know, AG1 is a small microhabit with big benefits. In essence, it's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. And it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, whether you're paleo, vegan, uh, dairy-free, or even gluten-free. And it costs you less than $3 a day. So really, you're investing in your health, especially if you have one of those habits where you got to buy a brew every day. And additionally, for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including no kid hungry here in the U.S. In fact, in 2020, Athletic Greens donated over $1.2 million in meals to kids. Right now, I'm telling you, it is the perfect time to reclaim your health, your immune system with a really convenient daily nutrition. And it is something that I'm telling you that is going to supplement you and look out for your health. So you know what? We're going to make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five of these, these travel packs with your first purchase. And all you've got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash last stand. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash last stand. It is time to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, Athletic Greens. It's the last stand, and here is your host, Brian Custer. That's right, it is the last stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport, and our guest this week comes from the lightweight division, one of the best divisions in boxing. Uh, he's unbeaten. He is the number one WBA mandatory challenger, 14 of his victories, 12 of them have come by knockout. He's a big puncher. He is none other than Roly Romero. Roly, what's up, man? Welcome to The Last Stand. How you doing? I, I, I'm good. I just woke up like 10 minutes ago. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to, uh, to process right now, you know? I, I got you. Well, listen, uh, let's, let's process this fight you got. First of all, I, I, you know, I checked your, your social media, and it, it's now changed to the boxer, formerly known as Roly Romero. W what's up with that? They have tainted my name, my image. So 
I have to rebrand myself now, you know? I so, got it. So now you have to say the whole damn thing. You can't just say Roly. You have to say the boxer, formerly known as Roly, or the boxer for short. Okay. <laughs> I, got, I got it. Okay. Uh, so, boxer, let me t- let's, let's jump into this one. May 28th, you finally get that shot at Tank Davis, Showtime pay-per-view. What does this fight mean to you? What does it mean to your career? Well, I mean, it's... It's a legacy fight. It's as simple as that. You know, it's a legacy fight. You know, it's just to to really cement myself into, well, the history of boxing, you know, and become a mega star. I'm already a star. I wouldn't be on the platform if I wasn't a star. So, but now it's to become a next level star. You know, listen, the official press conference will come, obviously, closer to the fight. But the last time you guys had one, boy, it was contentious. Both of you guys going at it. Here's the thing I'm trying to understand. Both of you guys signed and part of Mayweather Promotions. I know you've sparred together. So where does the beef come from? I've never sparred him. We're supposed to spar Really? He ain't show up twice. Interesting. But where's the beef then come from? He has a belt that I want. Simple as that. It's nothing. Like... I want to be the best fighter in the world, and they think he's at the top, so I got to go after that, you know? He intimated, I think, at the press conference that you have been, he put envious of him. And because it feels as if Mayweather Promotions may have uh, promoted him, let's say, more than the boxer formerly known as Rolly Romero. Is that where some of the beef comes from? No, uh to really put in, like, he got signed with when he was, like, 13 or 14 fights, you know? I have 13, I have 14 fights right now, you know? He has twice as many fights as me, you know? It's only it's only logical that he'd be more popular than me. It, it, has, it has nothing to do with any of that stuff. It's just, I want to I want to be on the fast track, and I put myself on the fast track, simple as that. Let me ask you this. Why are you so confident? Because you've 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 made it no secret that you're going to win the fight and that you're going to stop him. Why are you so confident? I just know I see things. I see things that other people don't see. I, I've always, me if I go into things without any bit of doubt in my mind, it's just for sure for me. That's all it is. It's for sure, you know. And when I see something that's for sure, I put everything I got into it. Roly, how much did it help that that you got the chance to see him fight Isak Cruz, where Cruz pressured him for most of the fight, and let's be honest, gave him gave Tank Davis some issues. Do you believe he gave some of the keys to beating Tank Davis? Yes and no. I mean, Tank looked, uh, he didn't perform as well that fight, but I mean, a lot of people like they say Isak Cruz won the fight, all that stuff. I don't think he won the fight. I think Tank won that fight convincingly, you know, regardless of, you know, his performance. It's just he had a he had a difficult fight with some dude that he thought he could get out of there and he couldn't get out of there. And Tank, I don't think he's as big as a puncher as people think. I think he just bullies a bunch of small dudes and weight-drained opponents like Pedraza and Barrios and small dudes like Santa Cruz, a torn Achilles Gamboa, that 122-pounder he fought on, on uh, you know, he, he you know, so 
I don't think he's that big of a puncher. I think he's just explosive and gets these people that just stand there in front of him and they're smaller than him. So, I mean, it's only obvious that he's going to knock them out. What did you see then uh, that Cruz did that you said, oh, let me take a mental note of that. That gives Javante Davis problems. Well, Javante just doesn't like going backwards. And Cruz just pressured him, stayed tight the entire time, and just pressured him the entire time. And I don't think Javante hurt Cruz at all that fight. Actually, I think the person getting hurt was Javante. So. And you see the fight with you and him as you being the aggressor and being a guy that can push him back and pressure him. Man, the thing is people don't realize this. I'm the better boxer out of me and him. And people want to thank all that stuff because they all do everybody does this mitts and stuff like that you know but i'm the better boxer i'm longer i'm str- i'm stronger i'm bigger you know i punch harder i mean i don't think anyone's really doubting any of those things i just said and they're like oh well, 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 well my, my face never comes out marked up his eyes are always shut every single fight his eyes are shut so i i don't know i don't really get hit but people think i have no defense it makes no sense but it's whatever the masses um, think. Yeah. Uh, you know, your fight with Gervonta will be the first at Barclays Center since March of 2020, since basically the beginning of the pandemic. What does it mean to you to be headlining in New York City and there in the borough of Brooklyn? i tell you like this. I was supposed to spend my birthday in New York, but I didn't because, you know, the fight, so I stayed in Vegas, you know? and. I was going to have a good year if I would have spent in New York. So I think this is a way of saying that it's going to be a good year. So it means a lot to you. It means a lot to you to be headlining there in New York City. It means a lot, like a lot, a lot. You know what I mean? Man, that's in the heart of Brooklyn, you know? Absolutely. Hey, let's get right to, you know, one of the reasons why uh, we're doing this a second time. So you originally were scheduled to fight Tank Davis back on December 5th. Then, you know, these a few women come out on social media. They accuse you of sexual assault. By the end of the month, though, the Nevada Police Department concluded their investigation. No charges being filed. In fact, I'm, and I want to quote this. A detective stated in the December 29th incident report that after he reviewed the evidence, quote, the allegations do not meet the elements of crime of sexual assault. The woman stated when she voiced her demands that Romero ceased particular acts during the, their time together. He did cease to perform those acts, end quote. Why do you think all of this came out before the biggest fight of your life? Simple as that, just that. Mm. Mm. I mean, it doesn't. It it doesn't it, it makes sense for one thing because if it was for some other something else, it 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 would happen you know sooner correct. It happened literally in the biggest moment of my entire life, the the moment of my life where I'm supposed to not only make an abundance of money but you know create a legacy for myself you know, and I think it's sad that. I had to go through that and, you know, other celebrities and athletes go through it all the time, even though a lot of this stuff, you know, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, 
And I'm not saying that every fucking motherfucker is a saint. But when it comes to money, 99% of the time, I think it's bullshit. How did it affect you, Roly, personally? I knew that I was innocent. I knew I had a good team behind me. So it was just like, it's just a matter of time. It's like the only thing I didn't want to end up like, let's say, for instance, uh, the, the, the Deshaun Watson or something, just being there for two years without being able to do something or, you know, that that's the only thing that really worried me, you know. But as far as like everything else, like I knew I was going to be good. It's just like, let, let's say, for instance, right, let's say Tank lost to Esau Cruz. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a fight that I wasn't going to get then. Let's say he let let's say he in in you know let's say he would have got in a car accident and broke his hand or some shit. That's a fight that went you know. So it's like it just fucked up the entire opportunity for me, you know. And that's what worries me. It's like it was an opportunity that could have just disappeared completely, or it did disappear, you know. Right. Now, you know, now we're back at it, you know, and I just hope that both of us can make it to fight night, you know? Yeah, yeah. How did how did it change you as a person? It didn't. Okay. Because, you know, usually somebody goes through this, hey, you know, maybe they, they're more guarded or uh, they, they've lost trust in, in some people around them, things of that nature. I was curious if, if that changed you at all as a person. It didn't change me at all. It's like... One bad apple isn't going to spoil everything for them and make it a bad tree, right? It's just a, an evil person. Do, do you feel like you had support, you know, from your team, uh, promotional company, all of those? I had, no, yeah, of course, man. Al and Louie, you know, they, they made sure I was good. Mayweather promotion team, you know, Leonard Ellerby, all this stuff. Like, you know, they always all, they all make sure I was good, you know? And they told me we were going to all get through this, you know. And, like, I didn't – like I said, I didn't ever doubt that I wasn't going to get through this. This was – it was just, like, it was just a giant, like, bro, I mean, I'm pretty sure anyone can look up and Google whatever stories you told, and it was just sounds like complete bullshit. Interesting. Interesting. Um, listen, let's be honest. You are considered one of the best self-promoters in the sport. Um Others have called you arrogant. Some say Romero has a grandiose opinion of his skills. My question, though, to you is, how do you get people to listen to the message and maybe sometimes not the messenger? Because some of the things you say have come to fruition. How do you say, okay, maybe forget how I presented it. Listen to what I'm saying. Man, at the end of the day, you're going to listen to shit I say. Until uh, they're not gonna believe anything I say until I prove it. So it's just I'm gonna just let these do the talking. But let's say it like this: I'm always right. I'm always right. (laughs) I say something and it happens. I say something and it happens. I mean, I mean, even this fight, man. I was talking about it for a damn near what three, four years since 2017. You know, so you know I. I, I speak, I manifested things into existence, you know? Do you enjoy being the underdog in this fight? Fuck yeah. More money. Hey, bet, your, bet your house, bet everything you got. 
We're all going to make a lot of money together. Y'all going to see this. Bet everything you got. Bet everything you got. Everyone's going to make some money. Really get rich. Everybody get rich. <laughs> see, and that's the type of thing there where some people would be like, okay. Then other people would be like, this guy's delusional. What is he talking about? Then, He's then, going up in the ring against Tank Davis. <laughs> Give me your response to that. They could go bet over there and lose all their money. I have a gambling problem. <laughs> I, I like gambling a lot. I I I I tend to live off gambling. <laughs> and and you're saying you you're betting the house on Rolly Romero in this fight? I'm I'm betting everything. everything. Look, I'm gonna tell you like this. You think I would? You I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you this question. I'm gonna ask you a question. Do you think my arrogant, cocky ass would let myself down? You think I would you let you, you, you think I would let my father down? Another cocky, arrogant douchebag that fucking that's like if I he's like motherfucker, you talk all this shit. You think I'm gonna fucking let him down? <laughs> I, Bro, I can't. I can't even let my damn self down. <laughs> Could you see this fight going the distance, or do you believe that it's going to end in a stoppage? No, he's gonna get knocked out. He's for sure going to get knocked out. He's going to run right into something because he's stupid. And he has a big head. He has like this koala-shaped head. Like, he's a koala with chlamydia. He's big, big-ass fucking head. I'm telling you, you, you're a best. I'm telling you, you got to, you're something. You, you listen, here's the crazy thing about uh, Roller Romero. Because you, you, you control guys with the best of them. And then guys come right back at you, right? And so Shakur Stevenson, you know, who's got this fight coming up, he says, quote, uh, I got this fight tanked by a knockout. I think Roley sucks. I think he's one of the worst boxers in boxing history, is what he told Fight Hype. What's your response to that? Look, I'm going to tell you like this, right? Didn't Lil B-Hop say something like that, like literally the week that he fought and got his ass beat right now by a... Uh by uh, Hector Luis Garcia, who I was sparring, getting ready for Tank. I'm not going to go into details of what happened in the sparring, you know, because I respect him and he's a champion. But regardless, people that tend to talk a lot of shit about me, for some reason, they just end up getting their ass beat really bad. Like, really, really bad. So... And just because I don't fight that stupid, uh, that Ayiba shit that, like, that they've been promoting for years. Because I didn't start boxing when I was, like, in Pampers, you know. I started boxing at 17. Uh, you know, I might actually be the fastest world champion of all time. And people don't even realize that. I mean, I did it with, what, seven years of boxing experience. But I suck. I suck. But I skipped from six rounds to 12 rounds. But I suck that I literally never declined the fight, but I suck that I just kept pressing and pressing and pressing and fighting whoever the hell they put in front of me. But I suck. I'm not over here picking and choosing like all these other guys. I fight whoever I fight whoever the hell they put in front of me. And you can ask Louis de Cuba, you can ask Leonard Ellery, you can ask Al Heyman, you can ask anybody. I never declined the fight. I didn't, I didn't even ask how much money I was making. I never asked them how much money I was making until I fought for a world title. Like, I didn't I ain't care about money. I didn't care about anything. I want to be the best. 
And that's the difference with me. And if I got to do it with my ugly ass, awkward style that punches harder than everybody else in boxing, then so be it. You know, guys love to, to troll right back at you. And and it seems like there's there's three things they, they come at you with. Either they they troll you for your voice or the way you speak. They troll you for they say for the, the noise he makes when he punches. Yes. Right, right. Or you or your boxing style. Does any of that bother you at all? Tyson has a fucking funny ass voice. Uh the sound. I think that's just trademarked. I think everyone that does it needs to give me fucking twenty dollars each. <laughs> and my boxing style. I mean, I'm gonna give you an example. Manny Pacquiao has one of the ugliest styles I have ever seen, and he's an eight division world champion, and he's one of the legends of the sport, which comp- that brought boxing to the Philippines, and he has a. Y'all can say whatever y'all want about my style, but Black Pacquiao is one of the ugliest styles I've ever seen in my life. So they can all shut the fuck up. <laughs> all right. All right, listen, I'm going to name some of the top fighters in your division. I want to hear your take on each one of them. Uh, let's start with George Cambosis. He got, um, he, he fought uh, a, a uh, injured, um, Lack of sparring, Teofimo, and he made the most of it, and he still looked like shit that fight, but he looked better than an injured dude that didn't spar for a month and a half. So, congratulations, motherfucking legends. He's not going to be there too much longer. Uh, Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia's a great fighter. He punches really hard with his left hook. The only person Ryan can't beat is depression. Devin Haney. A joke. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. Who does Rolly Romero enjoy watching fight? Like when that person's in the ring, you say, you know what? Let me pull up and watch this guy because I think he's talented. They could talk all the shit they want. But every single time I see a fucking Deontay Wilder fight, I want, man. I've seen like three of them live front row, front, front row. And, man, I enjoy watching every single Deontay Wilder fight. I don't care what anyone says. I love it. I love that. That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> I, I like punchers, man. I like punchers. Yeah. I like punchers. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think? We have uh, Errol Spence Ugas coming up. What do you think about that? I think that's a trickier fight than people think. I think Ugas is really good against Southpaws. And um, Errol, like if it was pre accident, I would take Errol. But the thing is, like after the accident, it seems like he's a little bit more passive. And Ugas has, like I said, Ugas finds a way to land that, that loopy right hand over and over again on southpaws. So I really don't know who wins that fight. May the best man win. And I think it's going to be a really good fight. And I think a lot of people are, are under, underestimating Ugas completely. But I think it's going to be a really good fight. How about uh, Charlo Castaño for the undisputed title at 154? I think, I think, uh, well, Castano gave him Charlo problems in the first one. Because I, I found that card. I found that card. Yeah. I found that card. Uh, I was the underdog. I mean, I mean, uh, under, undercard. I fought, I fought Yigit, some fat dude. But, um, I think, I think Charlo's going to come out a lot stronger this time around. But Castano can crack. Castano, man, I, I remember, because, like, we're at the weigh right? 
And I was like, I look at Castano, right? He's smaller than me. And like, bro, I was like, how does this dude fight at 54? I'm bigger than him. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, it, it was, uh, it was a really good fight. And I'm actually excited to see that one. See how it plays out, nice. you know? Fantastic. You know, really for everybody we have on, we allow people to submit questions through social media. We got a number of them for you, so I'll get right to them real quick. Uh, this one from Twitter from Archbishop uh, Stubbs. He says, did you see anything in that Tank Cruz fight that gives you even more confidence that you can beat Tank? Tank's not as big of a puncher as people think. Next uh, question from Twitter asks, uh, can you name your top five fighters at lightweight? Roley. Uh, Roly, uh, Roly, 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 the boxer formerly known as Roly, the boxer formerly known as Roly, the boxer, the boxer, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know, you have like eight of them. <laughs> I knew that was coming too, I knew it. Uh, John from Twitter asks, will you move up to 140 after the Davis fight? Mm, it depends, you know, uh. It may, it may not. I mean, I'm a big boy, but I mean, I make weight relatively easy. Like, I make weight actually easier probably than the rest of the 135-pounders. So, eh, it depends. It depends. I think I'm going to be better off at 40. I think I'm going to be a lot stronger at 40. Um, but there's still a lot of things at 35 that I want to that I want to do. So Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to fight like Garcia and Haney and those guys at, at 135? I think those fights would happen at 40. And aside from that, you know, with them, there's a lot of promotional issues and stuff like that, you know. So I, I'm not I'm not looking to fight them, but I'm not looking away to fight them, you know. I, I'll tell you somebody, I'll tell you somebody that uh, it's a complete waste of time fighting is Devin Haney because he just doesn't fight anybody. But everybody, And he's not marketable. He does not sell any fights. Even in his hometown, he cannot sell a fight, so he's a waste of time. What, what's the source of the beef there? Because, man, he, he's gone at you a number of times. I know you've gone at him. What, what's the source of beef there? I think he's just jealous because I'm better looking than him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, Nat from Twitter asks, uh, how has having a black belt in judo influenced your boxing style? Uh Oh, fuck. I'm going to tell you that. I mean, I, it will, you understand leverage a little bit more. You're, you know, you, you're just, so, it makes you like a lot, it makes you a lot more physically strong, you know? And you get into these positions a lot where people are like, oh, really, you're off balance, you're off balance, you're off balance. Like, I purposely fight off balance because that's where I find my balance, you know? I mean, like I said, I did, I did what, like, nine years of judo eight nine years of judo you know so it's like since i was a kid you know and i was i was very talented in it you know so i love it. I, I think it's i think it's helped me overall in boxing yeah i love it i love it you know you, you, you know you, you know who else wait your second degree black belt and what in, in taekwondo so it helps me too when i when i box it's always helped me when i box even when someone's gone you can throw a jab block Block their hands, there, boom, and then throw that. Yeah, throw that yeah exactly. Yes, but exactly. You know who else did judo that uh, a lot of people don't know? That's signed to Al. Who's that? Tug. Oh, really? Yeah, Tug, I remember. Tug, huh? When I met when I met Tug, I remember I met him uh, when Charlo knocked out J Rock. 
mm-hmm. in L.A. in mm-hmm. 2016. I don't remember the exact date, but it was 2016. It was December 2016. And me and Tubby, and he he took me upstairs, and I saw his Olympic silver medalist, you know, his silver medal, and I put that on. I remember it. And we were talking about judo, and we are like, man, we're over there, like, just, like, over there, like, trying to it's like, bro, what the hell? Yeah, so that's one of the that, that's one of the the good memories I have with Tug. You know, a really good memory I have with Tug. You know, yeah, he love it. Uh, yeah, he did judo a lot. He said he did a lot. Absolutely. Of Texas whore from Twitter asks, uh, "What round will you knock out Tank?" Wow, wow, you you really believe, right? First round, huh? It's he's, like he's gonna run right into something because he's stupid. All right, how about that? No, last one from Twitter asks: uh, After seeing how Tiafimo was killed by the public and media after his loss to Cambosis, uh, does it worry you that a bad showing against Tank or a devastating KO could cost you the chance to be that ultimate star in boxing and maybe result? And you being just another journeyman or a gatekeeper? Uh, that, like, bro, y'all don't see the, the damn, like, comments that be commenting on me all damn day already. Like, it, it doesn't bother me. I actually enjoy it. I think I genuinely enjoy them commenting all that shit. Like, it, like, I think it excites me. <laughs> so... Keep up with the hate, man. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah, you, you're doing me a favor. You, you, you're selling a fight for me. Thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, Mr. Romero, we've come to the last segment of the show. We call it The Last Stand. I'm just going to ask you a series of questions. You give me the first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Okay. Here we go. Pound for pound, in your opinion, who is the most talented boxer in the sport right now? Canelo, Rowley. Oh. The box format I was rolling. Who irks you more? Is it Devin Haney or Tank Davis? Devin Haney because he's a phony. Um, I, I had this question because you said it at the press conference, but you just answered it. Do you still believe you're stopping Tank Davis in the first round? Love it. Next question. You beat Tank Davis. Who's next? What's next for Mr. Romero? I haven't thought about that. I just tank tanks don't do anything on my mind right now. Last but not least, on May twenty eighth, Roly Romero will you finish the sentence? Not tank the fuck out, become a superstar, and then go to the strip club and throw a bunch of ones. <laughs> yeah, folks he's the boxer formerly known as Roly Romero and let me tell you something he's got a huge fight May 28th in New York City Barclays Center against Gervonta Davis Showtime pay-per-view it should be electrifying uh Ro- listen I appreciate it man you spending some time with me I certainly look forward uh, to the fight, and, and no doubt I'm going to see you the week of the fight for the press conference and everything, and we'll do it all over again. I'm telling you, I don't know anyone that's not excited for this fight. I think anytime you put two punchers in the damn ring together, you know, it's going to be a, it's always going to be a, you know, a great showing, you know? I think, I, I think everybody's excited for this fight, and I think everyone, I think there's going to be 
one of the best sold pay-per-views of this newer, you know, generation, you know? Right. The build-up for this thing is going to be great. And and I'm excited, man. I'm very, very excited. This is going to be, this is going to be very fun. This is going to be very fun. Absolutely. Really, I, pr- I appreciate you taking some time with us. And, folks, that's what we do here on The Last Stand. We bring you the biggest names in the sport and in the lightweight division. I'm telling you, listen, he's right there at the top, and you will see him on May 28th. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you again next week.